And I said, just look for people at the church standing or sitting alone. Because you will never know. You might be an encouragement to that person. And practically speaking, meet someone you do not know here in this church and be an encouragement to them. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And we will be reading from verses 31 to 37. Acts chapter 4, verses 31 to 37. So I will read the verses, and you can follow along with me as we read Acts chapter 4, verses 31 to 37. And the Bible says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And a multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which they he possessed uh, was his own, but they had all things common. And, when, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses, sold them, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, Barnabas performed a very significant role in the life and ministry of the early church. If you're really familiar with the book of Acts, his, his, his life really demonstrated a, you know, a, something exceptional and uh, something to follow in, in our lives today. Though he was not a major character in the book of Acts, he demonstrated an exceptional character for, for us to follow today. You know, uh, during, during um, the first winter in Massachusetts Bay uh, Colony Settlement at Plymouth, the pilgrims were in bad shape. They had no food, and they didn't know how to hunt. They, uh, they seemed doomed. Had it not been for an Indian named Squanto, I'm not sure if you know him, who taught them how to hunt and fish and raise crops in the spring, and the pilgrims might never have survived. survived. Well, the history said they did. Because of an, Indian, of an Indian about whom he will never hear anything again. And history records all the great things that happened with a colonist after that. But, but the story of Squanto is pretty much just a footnote of history. 
And um, looking at a very big perspective when it comes to the book of Acts, uh, Barnabas seems, seems that way. He's really not a major character in the book of Acts, but uh, he did well. He did something exceptional in the eyes of God. And the life of Barnabas is scattered throughout the book of Acts. We see, the key, uh, we see a key element of his life in that the apostle changed his name from Joseph to Barnabas, which means the son of consolation or a person who brings comfort and encouragement. And his life demonstrates four ways, four ways that we should encourage each other, and especially here at Grace Baptist Church. Um, but first, let's begin and commit this uh, sermon to the Lord, and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time you gave to us. Uh, we ask, dear Father, that you would open our hearts, open our understanding, and Lord, that you would help each of us today as we look upon the subject of how to encourage each other, how to encourage other people. And Lord, may you give us wisdom, give us heart, give us ears to listen, and also give us faith to act upon what we've learned tonight. And so, Father, we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now, the first way is this. We should encourage each other by our generosity. We should encourage each other by our generosity. Now, if we've read already the passage, we, I'm not sure if you're very familiar with, with the passage. Uh, previous of, of these um, chapters, we see a great revival in, in the city of Jerusalem, now, uh, here in verse 31, what compelled the early Christians to do what they did? The things that we heard here in, or we read in the passage, you see, and the multitudes of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said anything of them that ought of the things which he possessed, was his own, but they had all things in common. So what happened here in verse 34, for as many as were possessors of land and of houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and lay them down at the apostles' feet and this, uh, distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. So the question would be here, what compelled the early Christians to do what they did? And I believe the answer is found in verse 31. And if you can, if you can I actually, uh, re really, because that is very key here in, in, this, in this passage, they were, they were filled, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy, uh, Holy Ghost. And I think that's the very key here. And understand why... These early Christians did what, uh, do what they did back then. You know, it's easy to give out of abundance, correct? It's very easy uh, to give out of abundance. In Luke, uh, especially in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 to 4, 
uh, we are told about the pe uh, people who went to give gifts in the treasury. You know the story. And many rich, uh, rich men cast their gifts, gifts in, their, in the treasury. And there's a certain uh, woman, uh, poor widows specifically, who cast two mites in the treasury. And Jesus said, of the truth, I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast in more than they all. For all these have, all these, meaning all those rich people, they have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God, but she of her penury hath, hath, hath cast in all the living that she had. But going back in, uh, but going back to our text, the Holy Spirit enabled these Christians to demonstrate a generous heart especially when encouragement is needed, when encouragement is needed. Now, if you read verses 31 to 35, that's everything that those Christians did. They sold their possessions, sold their houses, sold their land, and also uh, laid it on the apostles', uh, apostles feet. And, of course, there's a distribution what happened. Now, God knew that encouragement was needed during that time because there's really two significant things happened in the early church. Back, if you read a little, uh, a little uh, of the chapters, uh, previous of chapter 4, Peter and John were persecuted by the leaders of the Jews. Okay, so we see that persecution was, was already present in the early times of the church. Not only that, we see, not only we see persecution, but also we see poverty, poverty was also a problem in the early church. And so Christians who had possessions stepped out in faith to help those other Christians who were in need. And as mind you, as what I've said, I think the very key is there that the reason why they're able to do that is because they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. they all filled with the Holy Ghost. But you know, I'm not very sure here, but I think the reason why Joseph was mentioned here in this chapter, because I think he made a notable um, act to the church wherein God allowed his name to be mentioned here. And so if you see in verse 36, we see the name of Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation. Now, he was such an encouragement to other Christians that they named him after his key trait. Key trait. You know, that's a great testimony. You know, if, you, if, 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 for example, your name, and then accompanied by that is this person, so-and-so, is an encouragement. That's a great testimony to have. Uh, the Greek word for the consolation can also mean comfort, exhortation, imploration or encouragement and all these were all these words carry the idea of coming along with someone and motivating them to do what is right or to inspire hope to those who are broken hearted now um, you know many years ago J Jackie Robinson was the first African American to play baseball I'm not sure if you know him, 
but he, he played baseball in the major leagues. Breaking baseball's color barrier, he faced hostile crowds in many stadiums he played in. While playing one day in his home stadium in Brooklyn, he committed an error. The fans began to, to jeer him. He stood at the second base, humiliated, while the crowd booed him. Then without saying a word, shortstop Pee Wee Reese went over and stood next to Jackie, and he put his arm around him and faced the crowd. We have actually a, a photo there. Um, so that's, uh, I think on your... Yeah, on your left side, that's Robinson, and then the one that's um, um, putting his hand uh, on her back is uh, Pee Wee Reese. Okay, so uh, yeah, the right side, sorry. Um, and so suddenly, Jackie Robinson straightened up and stood tall and proud. Now the sting of rejection and hatred didn't hurt so much because an, an encourager, an encourager came alongside and helped bear the, bur- the, the brunt of the crowd with him. And soon the fans grow, uh, grew quiet, feeling both a sense of shame and, and a simultaneous sign of winds of change. We need more Barnabas Christians today. Would you agree? We need more Barnabas Christians today, especially here at Grace Baptist Church. Individuals who will step out of, in faith and be an encouragement to someone. A Christian who encourages, edifies others, and, stand, and stands with people against their struggle in life. Not someone who puts down a person. Now in verse 37, we see how encouragement is given. Now, and for that, in verse 37, having land, talking about Barnabas, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, you, you can't help but notice that it was a self-sacrificing encouragement. Barnabas saw the suffering of the saints around him and was moved, and was moved to be generous with the needy in the church. He wasn't concerned only about his, his own needs, but also about the needs of others. You know, we have a verse for that. In, actually, in Philippians chapter 2, verses five, 4 to 5, the Bible says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That is a very clear command of God. And, and he he actually he put that he conjunctioned that with Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 11 talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and in verse 5 he said let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus we have a great example of Jesus Christ who died for our sins on the cross of Calvary and that is a self-sacrificing now Barnabas can do that of course he can't, but he used what God has given to him, you know, his possessions and his money. And he became the encouragement to others. And so we've learned in the very first how 
there's several ways to encourage each other. So the first one, we should encourage each other by our generosity. Now the second way is this. We should encourage each other by our support. And for this, let's go to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And in verse 26. Acts chapter 9, verse 26. Now the Word of God says, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, that is the Apostle Paul, he's, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he, he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. In previous verses, Paul escaped, just escaped from the Jews who, try, who tried to kill him. Uh, then he went to Jerusalem to join himself with the disciples. But they were all afraid. Well, we understand that because, you know, previously, it's going around, you know, even uh, every house to house, even other, other regions of, uh, of, uh, of uh, the promised land, even he is willing to be an international terrorist just to hunt, hunt every Christian's outside of the promise of Israel. He even went as far as Damascus just to, just to arrest Christians and to, you know, to kill them as well. And so you can't really blame those disciples. And they were all afraid of him and believed him, not that he was already a follower of Jesus Christ. But look who showed up in this scenario. The Bible says in verse 27, but Barnabas took him. And it seems that Barnabas took the time to listen to Paul's testimony, and he recognized that Paul indeed was the follower of Jesus Christ. Now, the question for all of us is this. Who needs our support? Who needs our support, do you think? Well, I, I will give you, you know, few of examples here. Number one, in Acts chapter 9, 26, we see here... Those who feel they, don't, uh, they do not fit in. Do you know that inside the church, there are people who feel like they don't fit in, in a group? Actually, if you see your, just open your eyes wide open, you can actually see people who feel like they don't fit in the group. This is really, this is, this is really a reality inside the church. Some people feel like they don't fit in the church. So I encourage everyone to go out from among their peers. Peers is okay, but sometimes it can also be a detrimental to the life of the church. And so I encourage you to go out among their, their peers, among your peers from time to time, and to be encouraged to, those, to others. And I suggest look for people at the church Standing or sitting alone. Because you will never know. You might be an encouragement to that person. And practically speaking, 
meet someone you do not know here in this church and be an encouragement to them. You know, there are a lot of people who are coming to our church. And for us pastors as well, we need to know each of the names of those who always come to our church. And also that's supposed to be our ministry too. If you see someone who is new to this church and just standing in the foyer, dare to meet him or dare to meet her and be an encouragement. You know, your pastor, your pastor can be in one person at a time, right? We're, we're not omnipresent. But you can be our extension of help. You can be an extension of help to meet others and welcome them. Who else needs our support? Not, not just those who feel they, don't, they do not fit in, but also those who are weak. Now in 1 Thessalonians chapter, four, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 14, we're told about how we, can, how we should you know, encourage one another. And one of those is actually, the Bible says, we, sh- we should support the weak. We should support the weak. Now obviously, those who are weak physically... Need our, need our support, need our help. But there are also, there are Christians also who are weak spiritually. They are weak spiritually. They, ha- they have weak, weak in faith, easily to fall in, in, into temptation, easily to get stumbled upon by, by other believers, easily get discouraged. And so the Bible says that we should support them. And a good example of this is found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. And, and the Word of God says, Brethren, if, any man, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Now in verse 2, it continues. Also it says, Bear ye one another's burden. So therefore, there are people inside the church who are weak spiritually, and they need our support. And what else? And the third, of course, this is a very, very obvious, our church ministry. And, and this is more like what, and not who. In the final verses of Acts chapter 2, as uh, mentioned earlier, we see a great revival happen in Jerusalem. And when Peter preached the gospel, how many got saved? This is the hint there. 3,000 souls were added into the church. That's, That's a lot. That's a great revival. And we see that believers... Not just, you know, feeling good about themselves. Yeah, we are saved. We are saved, you know. Um, and after that, they do, uh, don't do anything. But in chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 42, we are, we are told that believers continued steadfastly in the in different ministries of the church. They united each other and got, got, invo- got involved in different ministries as the Lord gave the increase. Now, the Bible describes that believers continue daily with one accord. That means one heart. They actually have in one mind 
one heart, one accord to do the ministry of the church. Now, ministry is the church. Uh, ministry in the church is vital. It is really vital in the life of the church because it opens different opportunities to equip the saints, build the body of Christ, and share the gospel to glorify God by serving others. Now, have you ever thought of getting familiar with, with um, our church's ministry? I'm talking about, you know, being family here. And I, I know majority of your member, members here at Grace Baptist Church. Have you ever thought of, of, of uh, thinking of what are different ministries of our church? Okay, can, you know, first one is preaching. And what avenues we can get preaching, preaching ministry. So we have Sunday morning service, Sunday evening service, Right? We have that in other, uh, other group ministries as well. We have, you know, t- uh, they're always a teen gathering. We have the college and career gathering. We have sometimes adult gathering. We have marriage gathering. And uh, always, always those gatherings have preaching as well. So we have our preaching ministry, correct? And not only that, God blessed us with teaching ministry as well. And so we can get that as well uh, also in Sunday morning service, Sunday evening service. We have also our newly, you know, we're about to be in the middle of our Bible study actually in Wednesday. We have that as well. We have the Pacific West Baptist College. We have other uh, uh, groups as well. We gather together and we teach the Word of God. What else? We have the music ministry, correct? We have the choir, we have the orchestra, we have special music, and you know one thing? Congregational singing. Congregational singing. And I've been a lot in different churches, but, uh, you know, do you know that singing, singing the hymns that we have, and singing it with all of your power and might, that's ministry as well. And that's why I encourage you when there's a congregational singing, we need to be singing the great hymns of faith. Because really that is one of your ministry. You know, if you can talk loud, you can laugh loud. But if you can't sing loud, that's a really big problem, right? Right? You know, we talk loud there in foyer. We laugh here, there outside the foyer. Well, we can't sing. Come on, we're Christians. We are Baptists. That's what our trademarks, we sing hymns. And so I encourage you when congregational singing, sing out loud. Sing out loud. And sing for the Lord. Because that also, you know, we have a lot of visitors here. As well, that is also part of your ministry when you're singing out loud for the Lord. What else? We have outreach ministries. We have soul winning, flyering. In summer, we have VBS. And we reach a lot of people here in the city of Surrey hoping that this city can hear each door, each soul can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. What else? We have a prayer ministry. If you're always here 
at Grace Baptist Church, you know that there's a lot of emphasis when it comes to prayer. What else? Hospitality. You know, when you greet someone, you usher, you're doing the usher ministry. That's one of the things that you support the ministries of the church as well. What else? We have the helps, you know, the gifts of helps. We have, before we have actually scheduled for temple keep, keeper. We have vacuuming, sweeping, cleaning all the temple. And I hope we can uh, put it back. But uh, what else? Building maintenance. Building maintenance. And what else? Uh, we have security. Okay? We have also media ministry. We have the sound booth there. Okay, we have the sound booth. What else? We have um, many more. Nursery, camps. And you see now how, why, why we encourage everyone to support our church ministries? Because if we are just doing that, we can't do it. All of those ministries, there's a lot. And that's why we are encouraging everyone here, I'm talking as a family, to be part of those ministries. You know, the easiest thing to do is nothing. You know, that's the easiest way to do, is nothing. But, but that's not the will of God. That's not the will of God for this church. And this church needs to be growing the Bible says, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If there are people who can really appreciate your work here, the church, don't mind it. Because God knows everything. He sees your ministry. Let me give you some situations. You know, our evening service, Wednesday Bible study, are less, really less attended, if you're always here, less attended compared to our Sunday morning service. Why? Well, I, I'm really not sure. We may have different reasons, you know, um, but these ministries need our support. Need our support. Your attendance, faithful attendance is important. What else? Soul winning and flyering. You know, the Great Commission has, has this idea of leaving this place, leaving the church, and reach out the lost, right? That's the idea of the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and preach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So this, there's an idea of leaving the church the, the building where we, grew, uh, where we gather together and go out. You know, wherever you go, you, wherever you are at work, at school, you know, we always also go out on Saturday. That's also a privilege, uh, opportunity as well to go out. Now, if we as a church don't reach our city, then who will reach them? So I encourage you to come and help. Help us reach our city. Another ministry is that we have a Bible college, Pacific West Baptist College. God has blessed us with a bonafide full-time Bible college. And as a small church, 
we receive this tremendous opportunity from the Lord. Not all churches have the capacity and resources to run the Bible college, but God did it for us. And we are so thankful to the Lord. Ten years have gone by. And we are so blessed that there are churches who, who support, support our Bible college, but the bulk of the support must come, obviously, from this church. As a vice, vice president of our college, I thank you for supporting our Bible college through prayer, financial giving, and lunches. Every, every single donation that you send um, you know, through e-transfer, uh, every, you know, I've seen that every time. Mrs. White gives me a report. And I really thank you for that. You know, I, you might not see your donations outright physically, but I believe that the Lord will bless you with that. There are mothers as well around this church that provides meals and families who would give their money to provide lunches and praise to our Bible college as well. But you know what, what's the great need for our Bible college? Students. Students. Because how can we run a Bible college without the students? Yes, we can have some students from other churches but obviously, the bulk of the students should come from this congregation. Who else will support that if not us? So I encourage you to support our Bible college by going to our Bible college. And that's a big encouragement for the ministry of the church. You support the ministry of the church. You know, in the book of Nehemiah, the building of the walls of Jerusalem, you know the story, was completed in the record time because the Bible says that the people had a mind to work. You know, that gives me a picture also in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, that the people have, they have one heart, one accord, one heart to serve God. Wouldn't it be a great would it be great if the unsaved in the city of Syria saw great and impossible things wrought by our God? Because believers here at Grace Baptist Church have one heart in the ministry. We have, you know, when, when, when the unsaved see, we have one mind to be, to, to be faithful with God. We have one mind reaching the lost. We have one mind in supporting our ministries. We have one mind in serving the Lord these are great testimonies to have as a church. And so we should encourage each other. We should encourage each other by our generosity, by our support. And this is the third way. We should encourage each other by our ministry, by our ministry. And for this, let's turn to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, verses 22 to 26. Acts chapter 11, verses 22 to 26. And the Word of God says, Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, 
who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with, with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had, when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now, when the Christians in Jerusalem heard about this tremendous salvation, uh, salvation of, of many souls in Antioch, they sent, the, past, the Bible says that they sent Barnabas to confirm this great news. And of course, he is the right man for the right job. You know, it's, it's very hard uh, to find a, a right man and a right job in the ministry, you know. And there are three things that we can f- see in the ministry at, uh, his ministry at Antioch. The first is his ministry is actually is a ministry of cleaving to the Lord. And it's mentioned that in verse 23, Barnabas exhorted believers... Now, he encouraged believers that with purposeful hearts, they would cleave, meaning to stick like a glue unto the Lord. Now, that's a great ministry and encouragement. You know, if you're real, if you're a genuine Christian, purpose in your heart not to abandon the Lord and your faith. The Bible says, abide in Him. Abide in Him. Jesus said in, in John chapter 15, verses, verse, verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If you are truly born again, you know, be real. And don't live a double life. Don't live a double, double life. We should always abide in Him. We should always stick to Him, to Jesus Christ, like glue. Not only His ministry is of cleaving to the Lord, but also, you see, a ministry based on character. And actually, it mentions there in verse 24, Barnabas ministered and was an encouragement to Christians based on his character. And it continues to say there that he was a good man, a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. It doesn't say they're tall, dark, and handsome. But it says, he says, good man, full of, faith, uh, full of Holy Ghost and of faith. Now that's a great testimony, great spiritual qualities, if you will. He had, he had a great testimony of his character to people said God, and also to himself. And not only that, he has a ministry of discipleship. And, and here in verses 25 to 26, after that the Apostle Paul uh, joined himself in Jerusalem, uh, there are people who want to kill him again. You know, and then therefore the disciples in Jerusalem sent him back to Tarsus. And so here in verse, verses 25 to 26, Barnabas 
went to Tarsus to seek Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. Now, I believe that God used Barnabas. He used Barnabas to disciple the Apostle Paul. And although many people see the greatness of the Apostle Paul, I believe that Barnabas was a vessel of that greatness. I'm not elevating these two because I know that these guys were great only by the grace of God. But Barnabas played a very big role in the life of the Apostle Paul. So whatever ministry God gave to you, you must use it for God's glory and to encourage others. Do you encourage others with your faithfulness and cleaving into the Lord? Do you encourage others with your character? Do you encourage others by teaching and making disciples? Now, if you don't have any ministry, come see, you know, one of the pastors for help. You can start there, right? And then you can, uh, then with your spiritual gift, the Bible says that God gave every believer at least one spiritual gift, and that gift is meant to serve God. And others. If you don't know what your spiritual gift, ask God that He will reveal it to you. And the best way to find it is to be part of the church, part of this church, and get involved in the different ministries of this church. Now, the fourth and last way to encourage each other is this we should encourage each other. By our patience. And for this, let's go to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. And we see last time, last one here in the book of Acts about the life of Barnabas. Acts chapter 15, 36 to 41, the word of God says, And some some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul, Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from, another, one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria, Cilicia, confirming the churches. Now, humanly speaking, we are not patient people. I hope we already accepted that. And that's why we, 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 you know, we invented a lot of quick things, right? right? Fast food, fast lane, quick fix, quick, quick wash, quick meal, quick death. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of quick things that we invented because, you know, we like, uh, just go right away. Patient doesn't come naturally from us. And that's why we are told in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, 
Add to your faith virtue and, and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience. Patience is very important virtue as an encouragement to others. You probably notice already that sometimes you need more patience with some people than others, right? But in Acts chapter 15, verse 36 to 41, we, are here, we have a scenario here that Paul and Barnabas disagreed with each other because of John Mark, who is the author of, the gospel, of you know, one of the Gospels, uh, Mark. Back in Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas took Mark to accompany them on their first missionary journey. Then along the way, Mark took off, he quit, and went back to Jerusalem. In chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas decided to visit the Christians they ministered to during their first missionary journey. Barnabas was determined to take Mark with, with them again, but Paul thought that it was not a good idea. You know, the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. Now, you know, we should, you know, here in the life of Barnabas, we see his patience. Patience with those who fail. Patience with those who fail. Barnabas showed patience to Mark even though he failed them back then. He was willing to give Mark another chance to be with him in the ministry. You know, in life, in life and church, we must realize that people will sometimes fail us. We need to accept that. God calls us to be patient with them. And as the Lord is patient toward us, we must also be patient with those who fail. We must be patient with those who hurt us, those who are backslidden, those who, are, uh, who broke their promises, and many more. But not only that, patience despite of contention. Now here we already heard that the contention between between Paul and Barnabas, could have been worse, really, actually. But it seems that both of them decided to part ways, but they still accomplished their goal. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, Paul commanded Timothy to take Mark with him, for he is profitable for the ministry. That's a great you know, turn out had it not been of Barnabas' patience to, to Mark. Now, I believe that Barnabas encouraged Mark not to quit and be faithful in the service of the Lord. You know, Grace Baptist Church is not a perfect church. I hope you notice that. And there's no perfect church as well. Now, I will not say the, that joke again, but uh, you, know what, you know what I mean. And there are many times that you will lose your patience with someone. But let me encourage you to be more patient to them. Let the Holy Spirit grow your patience. Of course, you need to realize that when you ask God to grow your patience, meaning, meaning what? What? If you ask the Lord, Lord, 
increase my patience, grow my patience, what do you think will happen? Yes, God will challenge your test, your patience. And that way, you will grow your patience. You know, you see, that tonight we learned four ways. Four ways to encourage other people. Four ways to encourage one another. We should encourage others, one another, by our generosity. We should encourage others by our support. We should encourage others by our ministry. And we should encourage others by our patience. But let, let me remind you that being an encouragement to others is a choice. It's really a choice. You need to decide tonight. You need to decide tonight to be that person, to be someone to come along and to be an encouragement. We need more Barnabas today. And someone who will step out in faith and to encourage others, motivating them to do right, to be an energizer in people's lives for righteousness. You know, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, but exhort, or that in the other word, encourage one another daily. But exhort one another daily. And someone said, encouragement is like oxygen. The oxygen in life of the church. It keeps hearts beating, minds clear, and hands inspired to serve. God doesn't merely recommend it. He explicitly commends it to His people. When encouragement is absent from the life of the church, people will feel unloved, unimportant, useless, and forgotten. God knows His people are in need of grace-filled reminders. So He calls us to encourage each other every day until Jesus Christ returns. You know, but if you're here tonight, and I know this is more like a, a, a Christian preaching, but if you're here tonight and don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, I encourage you to come to Him. Come to Him tonight and accept Him as your Lord and personal Savior. Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. So we encourage you to come to him tonight. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.